compliance, the practice of obeying rules or requests made by people in authority. This is the Pharmacy Compliance Guide with Jeff Hedges. Pharmacy Podcast Network, welcome to another episode of the Pharmacy Compliance Guide. I'm excited about this, having the Pharmacy Compliance Guide back, brought to you by R.J. Hedges & Associates, Mr. Jeff Hedges. How have you been doing? Very good, Todd. How are you doing today? Doing good, and I have to say the Pharmacy Podcast Network has missed you. I know how busy your summer has been. It's fall, coming into the very beginning of fall 2017. What a great summer it's been. But I think I, I get more accomplished in the fall for some reason uh, than I do the summer. I think it's just the distraction of vacations and things like that. What do you think? Do you get more done in the summer, spring, winter, fall? What's what's on your side of the, of the woods? Uh, it, it just never stops. <laughs> and uh, it, from our point of view, it's just it's one season which is nonstop. <laughs> the nonstop uh, if, it, if it isn't the government and CMS, it's the insurance companies. It's just nonstop. Well, this is a pretty important episode we have for the, for the Pharmacy Podcast listeners and the Pharmacy Compliance Guide uh, listeners. This is participating or non-participating. That is the question. First of all, let's set some groundwork. What do we mean, Jeff, by participating versus non-participating? What does this mean? Okay, participating means that uh, you are accepting the Medicare reimbursement or the allowable for each product that you're billing through through Medicare. And non-participating means that you're not accepting the Medicare reimbursement. And here we're talking mainly in uh, Medicare Part B products. Okay. So let me get this straight. So, so participating means I'm accepting assignment. Yes, that's correct. You're accepting the Medicare liable or the assignment. You're agreeing to charge the patient no more than 20% of the liable at the time of dispensing. Medicare, uh, they then send the supplier uh, the reimbursement, which is 80% of the liable less the 2% sequestration fee, which came about when Congress couldn't do their job and come up with an agreement a couple years ago, and we're still stuck with this uh, sequestration fee. Um, If you know that the patient has a secondary insurance carrier, then uh, the copay should be only the balance that's left after the secondary payment. This can be collected at the uh, time of the dispensing, which is the preferred uh, method, or it can be collected after all the other payments are received. Okay, so that I'm guessing that that means if I'm non-participating, that I'm not accepting assignment. Yes, that's correct. Uh, you're not accepting any of the Medicare assignments at that point. Okay, so is the pharmacy, is the business, is it penalized in any way? No, there's no penalty uh, to the supplier or the pharmacy. And when we talk about a supplier, that's who's the, the uh, who's providing the services. Uh, there's no uh, major difference uh, if the supplier is accepting the assignment or not, uh, which means a Medicare reimbursement, basically, if you're not accepting assignment, uh, is sent to the patient. The supplier collects the full amount 
uh, of uh, the product at the time of dispensing. Uh, and this fee can be uh, be your usual and customary fee down to the Medicare liable. It is the supplier's choice for each dispensing action. And yes, you can accept the assignment on a specific item or for that specific patient. And that's up to your choice uh, every time you go to dispense uh, that product. Okay, so we've set the stage. So we understand what that means and what it means when we say participating or non-participating. But there must be a reason why you wanted to talk about this today and this being an important subject. So, I mean, it doesn't sound very fun or, or, or it sounds complex. Or So why are we talking about it? Well, first off, this is definitely not fun. <laughs> uh, when it comes to Medicare anymore, it's definitely not fun in any capacity. However, this is very important, and everybody needs to look at this right now. Uh, Medicare reimbursements are continuing to be slashed, and every supplier needs to look at this every year, and this year especially. Uh, there is a short period of time where every supplier uh, can change your status from participating to non-participating, and it comes uh, in November of each year. The official time frame is from November 15th to December 31st, but we strongly encourage not to go past December 15th because the National Supplier Clearinghouse uh, states that the letter must be postmarked by December 31st. But if there's a glitch, which would never would happen with Medicare, um, the supplier would uh, then be penalized and you would have to wait for a year. And it doesn't matter whose fault it is, they just say, well, sorry, you just have to wait the next year. So, and this goes both ways. If you're now participating uh, and you wanna go non-participating, you go through the process. And if you're non-participating, you just simply fill out a, a CMS 460 and send it in during the same period to go from non-participating to, to participating. And it sounds, it's a lot of fuzzy words, but it's participating, non-participating, or assignment, accepting assignment, or not accepting assignment. And we're looking at what the statute says and what the four, CMS 460 states. Specifically what it says, if you are currently a participant, write to each carrier to which uh, you submit claims, advising of your termination effective the first day of the next calendar year. The written notice must be postmarked prior to the end of the calendar year. Now that's perfect government talk. <laughs> so in plain English, what that means is the supplier writes a letter on their letterhead to the National Supplier Clearinghouse for a CMS 855S for their products, or if you're using a 855B application for other products like immunizations, you would then write to those individual contractors that you want to terminate your, your participations. And that letter would contain your legal business name as reported to the IRS, the address that's on your 855 application, your PTAN number, your MPI number, 
and the authorized person's signature that's on your 855S. Now, CMS didn't tell you that on the four, CMS 460, but that's what you need to do. And if you don't have that, they naturally will reject it. And you'll get the letter back saying, I'm sorry, you did not follow the instructions. You're scratching, and you're scratching your head and say, I followed the instructions, but I don't know what happened. So, anyways, um, that's the process. What you what you do? Uh, what you have to do? So, in an effort to help everybody, um, what we're doing, we're going to be uh, we're in a process of writing a blog on this subject, and this blog is going to be posted on our public website, uh, www. Uh, rjhedges.com and we will have a sample letter uh, for you to download and for all our clients uh, you'll find that sample letter on our compliance portal within the message center and uh, that'll be posted around the first of the month so and that'll that'll help you if you choose to go through that and we'll be talking about that as we go through yeah, that sounds like a huge help. Not knowing exactly how to craft those letters and or what to contain in the letters, that would uh, drive me crazy and make me want to pull my hair out. Okay, so that we know what this means and we know how to do it, but what are the reasons to make that choice either way? Well, quite simply, profit margin. Uh, at some point, every pharmacist and every healthcare provider must stop uh, being a healthcare provider and start being a business owner. Uh, there's a big difference, and it sounds harsh, but it's true. Uh, you have to take care, uh, if you take care of the patient at all costs, uh, you will be out of business and your staff will be out of a job. Uh, you must keep a keen eye on your profit margin, and everybody knows a lot of pharmacy owners who've gone out of business. They were great pharmacists. They took great care of their patients, but they weren't the best business people. And they were, and you have to keep a close eye on your books and see where you're at. And again, when we're dealing with Medicare, uh, with these reimbursements now going down, you really have to keep close eye on what you're dispensing your profits. And this is why we're talking about whether you should go um, into a non-participating status and accept and not accepting assignment or staying in participation. So again, when we're looking at this, uh, first thing you have to do, you gotta look at your competition. What are they doing? Then you gotta look at your patients and then your staff and then look at the whole process and make an informed decision whether this is a proper decision for you and your business. Once you do that uh, and you decide that you are going to move into a non-participating status, and again, you're going to send this in early around the 15th of November. So you want to make uh, start making this decision uh, here now in September and October. Don't wait until November to make this or December. So once you make the decision you want to do this, now you're going to want to start educating your patients. Let them know that starting on January 1st, 
that things are going to change and you're going to start collecting the full fee of the Medicare B, Part B products and that Medicare and their secondary insurance carrier will be sending the reimbursement checks to them. But you'll be collecting the money up front and they will receive that check. You also need to let them know about this 2% sequestration fee that will be sent to, uh, will be taken out of that reimbursement. And then also the, co uh, the co-pays from the secondary will also be deducted from, uh, some, from those fees. And also there will be a difference between the Medicare allowable and your usual and customary fee or the fee that you'll be charging. So again, you want to make sure that you're educating them. Take your time. You don't want to get in a hurry with this, but you want to make sure that they understand why you're doing this. And I've had a lot of uh, I've had a lot of clients do this. And if you do this and you you educate them or your patients, and we've seen that they've done a good job and they've had no problems with this transition. I've also had clients who have not educated their, uh, their patients well, and it's been a total disaster. And it all comes down to education, and education on your, uh, from your staff down to your patients uh, is the most important thing you can do. So from a pharmacy owner's point of view, and I'm listening to this show, I still feel a little bit nervous. I'm still concerned about the repercussions from the patients. And I, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if a patient comes to me, how do I answer the question like um, from the patient's perspective? Okay, Mr. Pharmacist, why are you making me pay now and wait for Medicaid to pay me? Well, uh, one way to answer it is, is changes in Medicare are happening to you and they're happening to me as well. It is harder for us to stay in business so we're, we uh, can take care of you as well as everybody in the community. Changing the payment process is one way. We're not happy with this, uh, this change, uh, and the, but this is just one adjustment that we're making uh, to see if this is going to work for us, but also to ensure that we're going to be here later this year, next year, and the years ahead, so we can continue taking care of you, taking care of you and the community in the future. You're supposed to be helping me, and how does this help me, and I don't have all the money right now. I mean, I can just hear the questions and the concerns coming from the patient. So what do you say to, what do you do as a coach to the, to the pharmacy over, owner that hears a patient say, um, you know, I don't have all the money right now? And that's a perfect answer or question you're going to get from so many people. And here's the and when you do get that question, you say, uh, "Okay, let's sit down together, and let's see if we can work out a plan together that works for you." And get and this gives you the perfect opportunity to set up a personalized conversation with the patient to come up with a plan. Maybe you're going to go and accept assignment on certain products and not accept assignments on other products, or work out a plan to help that patient out. Maybe it's with your medication adherence program. Maybe it's with uh, home delivery. It's with other services within your pharmacy that you open up with that patient and you have a personalized discussion. 
it's not all about Medicare B. It's about the entire pharmacy operations. So that's how we go ahead and set this process up. So your answers need to be straightforward with the patients. And these are tough questions. And it all depends on your individual market. You, uh, you may say, when you're going through this process, uh, you don't want to do it. And it's okay. Uh, it's an individual decision. Every business must look at their, uh, their options every year. And this may be one of them. And there is no simple answer. And it may be good for you and your competitor there down at the next block. It may be right. But it depends on your patients and your business. For example, if the patient is due eligible, an individual state Medicare program may have a very specific uh, restriction that prohibits this. In this case, you can accept assignment for that individual, pro uh, individual product and patient at the time of billing. In another way, uh, when you're looking at this, you look at your competitors. And in a lot of places in the country, all your competitors around you have already dropped their PTAN number and their DME P uh, POS products due to reimbursement cuts. And you think about it, why is that? Well, they've decided not to participate and just dropped everything. Well, that's an advantage that you can use. And not accepting assignment can bring in a higher revenue and patients from a larger community due to the lack of availability of these products. So when you're looking at accept, not accepting assignment, you're, bringing, uh, you're not charging the most amount of money that you can get you're, uh, as far as your usual customary, which everybody thinks is the highest possible price. You want to look at it as finding from uh, finding the right number. Some people will call it the sweet spot, but the right number that's above the Medicare liable, but the number that the patient can afford that's above the liable that you can make money to draw in a larger community that they can afford to pay that you make money, increase your profit line, increase your patient load, and take care of all the patients. And again, once you get patients coming into your, uh, into your pharmacy, you're going to have all your other services that you can market to them. And once you get a patient into your pharmacy, it is so easy to bring in all the other services you do from immunizations, to diabetic shoes, to home delivery, to medication, Medicare, uh, medication adherence. Everything you do is so superior than what a chain pharmacy does, or a mail order pharmacy, or anybody else. So just keep on doing what you do best, taking care of your patients, and then go through this. And again, this is not I'm not telling you to do this. It's just an option for you to look at. And this is the time of the year to do that. It sounds like a very important balancing act between taking care of patients and going above and beyond as a community and independent pharmacies naturally do 
and paying attention to the health and the right decisions for your business. And when I when I think of this kind of stuff, uh, Jeff, it's nice to have an organization like R.J. Hedges and Associates, who's really saturated and soaked in independent and community pharmacy for such a long time that you've seen just about any scenario. So if you're listening to the show and you are a pharmacy owner, you have questions, reach out to Jeff and his team because they've seen everything. They've seen it come down the road and they know how to handle it. So I'm glad you talked about this today. So in wrapping up, Jeff, in our conversation today, uh, what? how do we wrap this all up and what's kind of the the go-to uh, homework for, for the listeners? Okay, the big thing at the end of the day, it comes down to a business decision. You have a good handle on what your uh, profit margins are. Uh, you have, uh, you're looking at what you're doing. Um, looking at, you already know that land sets are uh, a money losing proposition. You're probably giving them away. Uh, strips are getting close to that point. Uh, look at your other products. Look at what you're doing. Uh, if they're only doing strips, you probably want to go to non-participating. Uh, if you're doing other products, look at everything. Look at what your community is doing. Look at what your uh, patients are doing, your competitors, and think about it. Talk to your patients. Talk to your staff. And make an informed decision based off of you and your community. And then once you do that, Educate. And again, don't wait till November 15th to make that decision and to send that letter. Uh, uh, make that decision over the next several weeks. Be prepared to send in a letter on November 15th if you are going to make that decision. And then educate. Educate everybody. First with your staff so they fully understand it. And then to your patients. And then choose what you want to do. Have those conversations. And anytime you have a conversation with your patient, all that is is an opportunity to make sure that they're comfortable with you, your staff, and your pharmacy. And anytime that happens, it always has a positive outcome. Jeff, it's enlightening to have you on the show every time. I'm so glad you put together the Pharmacy Compliance Guide for our pharmacy owners out there. And really appreciate your time, so thank you. Thank you, Todd, and everybody have a great year. If you're listening to the Pharmacy Compliance Guide with Jeff Hedges, part of RJ Hedges and Associates, you can find them at rjhedges.com. We thank you for listening.